0: (laughs) Hi everyone and welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast in which I chat with Dan about what we've been playing and doing this week. welcome back to Fireside, Australia's unofficial number one gaming podcast of all time. Time. All time, 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 time. time. It's one of my favourite things when people have the best game of all time or the, the top five list of all time, and you're like, yeah, that bugs me. I'm like, time isn't over.
1: You need you need to do it Clarkson style. Unofficially, it's the greatest gaming podcast
0: in the world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you can tell, welcome Dan. Thank well, you. actually, Thank I said you. in the intro, I don't need to welcome you anymore. No, you don't. No, it's all no, right.
1: No. Apparently, this, the podcast is now you talking to me. Yeah, well... I've We're just mate. taking what we do yeah. on Mondays and recording it on a
0: you know, Thursday for publication on a Friday. And a lot <laughs> less swearing.
1: <laughs> yes. And the
0: beers are fancier. The oh, pool, fancy. 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 Fancy beers.
1: <laughs> as long as you anyway. don't ask me to drink it with my little
0: pinky out, that'll be fine. <laughs> well, speaking of beers, actually, before we get started... Um, last week we forgot we to forgot. give the Firestein yes. rating. The Firestein rating on,
1: and now Not that five was...
0: Not Firestein,
1: The Firestein rating, yeah. which is a rating out Trademark. of five
0: Steins. Trademark, copyright. <laughs> Patent um, pending. Yep.
1: Um, so that was the Iceland beer. What was it called? Iceland, it was, it was called, called Viking. Viking. Yeah. And that was a, Charlotte uh, Pilsner. It. She's, uh, it was a Pilsner.
0: It was indeed. It was indeed. That was good. That was
1: a really good beer. I that was the I,
0: one that you finished an entire bottle by the time I had finished which introducing says it. says it's probably a little bit lighter than things need to be for me.
1: <laughs> um, now, let me think. I gave the Mildura... Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. And I half. gave it a three. So, I, I reckon this one was just a touch above. We can't go more granular than a half steins, can we? Huh? You can we, get half stones. No, any more granular. Because I gave it three and a half.
0: It can't, dude, it's our bloody rating. We can do whatever we want. Just don't kick the microphone don't or you don't get this week's beer. Apologies if you heard that, folks. Because um, I, I want to give it more
1: than three and a half, but I don't know if it's worth four. I'll give it a 3.78. 3.75. There you go. It's halfway. Great. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to have to add that to my spreadsheet. No, look, I liked it. I liked it more than the Mildura. Um, it's not quite four out of five.
0: Yeah, four out of five for me. Yeah. Three out of five for the Mildura, four out of five for the, the Viking. At least
1: we agree that it was better than the Mildura. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there's nothing wrong with the Mildura. It's just, I think it's probably the way that I enjoy beer as well. I enjoy beer that I can drink casually and and you know i'm not a queen of sir <laughs> <laughs> queen of sir um,
1: but i think i said that after the Mildura too the problem with uh, most pale ales mm. is that they're so heavy in taste and flavor and and the flavors are usually so intense you can't enjoy lots of them yeah um, it's not like that it's a problem it's going it's going to affect my rating though you yeah. know what i mean
0: anyway yeah. um, so oh before we get into the beer actually we are part of the pod Bros network. P O D B R O S. Nothing to do with roasts nah. whatsoever. Don't know. What sort of uh, idiot would think you're saying pod yeah, roast? I know. Bloody moron. Yeah. Uh you can listen to us there alongside a swathe of other great podcasts. Uh, just head over to podbrost dot com. Um okay, so this week last week you mentioned that you wanted Greece. Well, not that you wanted Greece, you said that you were, <laughs> you, you were excited when I said international you said, oh, is it Greece? And it wasn't Greece. So this week it is Greece. Okay. Yep. I, I have to say, I seriously don't remember saying that. Yeah, well, guess I'm... what? If you didn't say it, I'll be doctoring it in, except it was last week. So.
1: Oh, I hope it's Greece. Yeah. If, if you downloaded it,
0: can you please go and download it again?
1: <laughs> I'm seriously going to have to go back and over. Listen, I don't remember saying that. We'd had a few beers. When, I, it,
0: when so. I said it was international. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So back to the first Quest for Sponsorship episode. When I was in Muldura with Kirsty over Christmas, we went to this Greek restaurant and it was freaking amazing. I don't know what it's called, but I think there's only one in Muldura. So if you're ever there, give it a shot. I had the, uh, uh, a... Uh, they called Dancing Zorbers. They're
1: called Dancing Zorbers, are they? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It it was our one
0: date a year without the kids. (laughs) So (laughs) we didn't really care. Well, we didn't even care what it was. We could have gone to Macca's. But anyway, when we were there, we um, took their recommendation. I had this goat curry. Kirsty had some vegetable stack because she's a weirdo vegetarian. Um, And um, he recommended this beer called Mythos. Mythos. Which apparently is the world's (laughs) most famous Hellenic beer. Want me to do the honours? Yes, please. So... I will read the little blurb, but this was absolutely amazing, and we were being driven home, so I think we drank about six or seven overpriced beers each. You know what it's like when you go to a restaurant and a Indeed I do. $2 bottle. Cheers. Cheers. Have a sip first before I read how I'm smelling it. Mm. <laughs> they can't see no, you no, being I got a I got a, nice, I got a nice hoppy whiff off that. Oh, yeah. Yes, I like that very much. Okay, mm. Mythos is an authentic, is the authentic Hellenic beer created in 1997. Shit's a bit old um, <laughs> already. From the first year of brewing, Mythos left consumers with strong impressions and even brought an end to the long-term status quo of the Greek beer markets. Limited choice. This is I'm not reading this well. Sorry, Mythos. Um, blah 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 blah. Oh, that's this is the wrong stuff. It doesn't tell me about the beer at all. All right, their website doesn't actually have anything about the flavors of the beer. Hmm. Let me have a look on the back. Nope. No, there's nothing on the. Oh, right look! It is authentic Greek beer too. It's actually brewed in Greece.
1: Well, no. Uh,
0: hang on. No, it's brewed. No, in Cooper's by little little Brewery under from Greece. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang of on. Course. No, for Australia.
1: No, it is brewed in Greece. Uh, it's brewed in Greece for Australia, imported from Greece by Cooper's Brewery. So it is brewed in Greece. There you go. Okay.
0: Either way, I've given a terrible introduction, but so far, um, it's still delicious. It is very, very nice. Not nice and light and easy to drink. So you know it's going to get a good rating from me. <laughs> no, it's quite tasty actually. Well, you got three more to get to. Uh, two more. Sorry, <laughs> two more to get through. Um, all right. Did you have you been playing anything recently? Have I been playing anything recently? That's Um, what I just asked. Yeah. Do you want to start with Elevenses or... We played that after last week's episode. Yeah, we did. Yeah, let's start with Elevenses. That was was good. Um, It's a game I've had changing opinions as I kept playing. Explain
1: away. Yeah, because I've only played one game and I did Mm. quite terribly at it, but I I
0: enjoyed the mechanics of it. You won. (laughs) Okay, so Elevenses is a game where uh, you take on the role of a 1920s lady. You won, by the way. You cool. Smashed me! No, we should have recorded it for the uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, for the another dungeon thing. So, um, so you start your nineteen twenties high society ladies putting on a morning tea. Um, you start with eight, 11 cards, eleven identical cards numbered one through one through eleven. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're labelled one through eleven. <laughs> My God! All right. So what you do is you shuffle all your cards and you place eight face down. So you have a row of four, and then underneath that, another row of four. And that is called your spread. That is meant to represent your your high tea that you're putting out for the visitors that will be coming later on. Then in your hand, you have your kitchen, which is the remaining three cards. Very simple game to play. Each card has a number in the top corner, 1 through 11 as I said, and each one can go to a certain specific spot on your spread. So if you play the number 2 card, it can go on the number 2 spot in your spread. On your turn, you can do one of two things. You can rearrange, which means place one of the cards from your hand face down on the table and draw one back into your hand. Um, You can do that twice. Or you can play a card face up um, and exchange it for the face down card on the table. I'm probably starting this back to front. But anyway, (laughs) each card has a certain value indicated by a number of spoons on it. Once any player plays the 11s' card, the round ends and whoever has the most spoons wins the round and you win victory points based on a certain...
1: And the face-up cards also have an action or a a condition that must be resolved.
0: Yep. So after you play it... Yep. You have to resolve that action, and usually there there are a variety of things from passing cards to another player, look at another player's hand, um, all sorts of stuff to control the control the flow of the game. Um, again, a rule that we were playing that was actually wrong uh, oh, made really? me enjoy the game a bit more. I didn't realise, but the 11s' card... So the 11s' card ends the round, but you can't play it unless you have four cards face up in your hand, uh, in your spread. Mm. Okay, That's to stop people playing a card and then on round two playing 11s and yeah. straight winning the round. Three
1: spoons, no one else does. Either. Yeah, yep. bang, I'll end the
0: round. Um, one thing we did wrong was that I think in our second round, you stole my 11s card. Yep. Right On the 11s card, it actually explicitly states, cannot be passed or taken by another player. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, we, didn't, we and, didn't really pay attention to that. Well, I actually quite okay. liked...
1: It's funny because you stole it back, so... Oh, did I? Don't know. Yeah, because yeah. well, you ended it by playing 11s. So you had like six <laughs> cards turned up. I only had three. Mm. Um, you smashed me on spoons.
0: But it's got a really nice mix of um, of different actions. Some of them let you look at the face-down cards on your table. Some of them let you have an extra cube at the... So there's two cards that when you... How do I explain it? There are two positions on your spread where when you place a card, you don't draw a card to, re- to replace the one that you put down. So... Um... Actually, there's three. There's three spots. So the eight cards on the table are positioned two through nine. Yep. Yep. Position one is to the left of the top row, and when you place that card, the number one card lets you have an extra, a free cube victory point at the end of the round. That's right. But because there's no card there to begin with, when you place a card down, you can't draw one in the in its place. So your hand has hand been reduced. reduced to yeah. two. Yeah. Similarly, the number ten spot is a servants card. Which is worth three spoons. All the rest of the cards are worth one or two. Um, similarly, if you play that card, um, you can't draw another one. So that could but you have potentially
1: gain three spoons or victory points for the end of that round. Towards yeah. the end of that round, yeah.
0: Um, and then there's the The number eleven card is the 11s' card, and that just ends the round. So that doesn't actually get played anywhere. But that's the same thing yep. when you play that. So one of the things, one of the things I found is that it's it's a game that is better suited to. More than two people. Now, I know we've only played with two. Yep. But, for example, one of the cards is um, take a card, choose an opponent, take one of their cards, um, and then you can either keep it or give it back to them. Another one is choose a card from your hand and pass it to the left. Another one is choose a card from your hand and pass it to the right. Those two are nearly identical in <laughs> a two-play game.
1: Well, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you're also only playing against one person. So I found the game went very, very linearly. Yep. You know what I mean? Every time I've played it, so I think I played it twice with Kirsty, once with Mark, and once with you in two players. Yep, I've played two three-player games and a four-player game. And the right. three and four-player game were much Way better. better. Yeah, yeah, because it didn't feel that we were just playing whatever we could to negate the risk, and yeah. then th- there was always the same strategy one versus Bit one. Bit like
1: other other games with a similar mechanic, whether it's things like Love Letter or Coup or whatever. Mm. Yes, they're available as two player variants, but they're nowhere near as much fun. Yeah, Um, and these do work as two player variants.
0: They're not. um, What is it? Uh, uh, King of Tokyo. Yep, is a game that I just I do not think works two player. You can play it. You're right. It just doesn't work.
1: It's yeah, yes. Because one of the main things to it's too easy to drive that game to a conclusion and win.
0: Yeah, Um, but the key point of being in Tokyo is that when you attack, you attack all players outside of Tokyo. new york manhattan sorry for the new york one you attack all monsters outside or you pick a region whatever it is but when they're outside they always attack you in manhattan so it gives you an incentive to leave in a two-player game you're always attacking only one other person there's no difference
1: in tokyo is there's technically two areas of tokyo versus one whole outside tokyo area so you can technically have two monsters
0: in tokyo you can in new york as well but only in a three to five player game. They yeah, don't let well, you put in the pieces. Yeah, second spaces yeah, 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 in the, yeah. Yeah, it's the same There's in variant So in, in New York, you've got Manhattan and it's got three layers. Yep. So the longer you're in there, the higher you get. Yeah, so better King better of Tokyo awards. is very similar. Yeah. yeah I'm yep. sure it's exactly the same except it has, yours has victory points. Well, not yours, but I know yeah. you've got King of Tokyo. Yep. Anyway, sorry, that's not really. <laughs> anyway. Back um, to 11s. So Elevens's, yeah. I enjoyed it at first because the cards look beautiful. Yeah. I, I really like the that. The production's really room. nice, yeah.
1: And the and the little white sugar cubes, that, yeah. that represent your your um,
0: yeah victory your, points. A little yeah. white cubes, so yeah. they're just like you know, like um, ten mil die. Yeah, yeah,
1: but really, plain white. really well made. Um, the problem is, as you just said, I've only ever played it as a two player game, so I don't think I've I don't think I had real opportunity to explore everything it had to offer um in terms of using some of those cards against different opponents yeah as a, the only choice was to use it against
0: you well the other versa. thing with multiple people is if someone is getting too clear a lead you've got two or three people yeah trying to bring them down a peg instead of it's always you versus me and a two player yep. Which the cards just didn't, I feel, lend themselves to very well. But that said, it's still... I, I really enjoy the game. Yeah. Um, Look, it was good.
1: Um, but again, I've only played it once and only as the two players. So mm. um, I'd sort of reserve... If I was pressed to give it a score, I couldn't. But um, I enjoyed it enough that I would how definitely go firesteins? back... How many Firesteins? How many Firesteins. If I had the opportunity, I'd definitely want to go back and play it a second or third time with some additional players um, to... Uh, to,
0: to see how different it feels mm. with more than two. Well, next Games Day, which I think is in about three weeks, mm. I'll definitely bring it out. Cause it's, a nice, it's a nice quick game as well. Like, it doesn't take very long. Another thing I didn't mention is that the, the backs of the cards are all coloured differently. And yeah, where that comes to play color, is, yeah. yeah, so if I steal Dan's card and Dan's got blue back cards and I've got red back, if I then... Um, oh, what's it called? Not when you play a card? Arrange. Yep. If I then arrange and put one of his cards face down on the table, then yep. he can see exactly where his card is. We all know what that card is. So there's actually a strategy in there as which well of knowing where X card is. It would add an
1: interesting element to a three-plus variant because only two of you know which what that card is. Mm. Um, and so you know if it's got value or not. And therefore, yeah. if the third or fourth players who don't know what it is, uh, they've got, you know, ooh, do I do I want to play and try and grab that card? Was that a good card or was it a bad card? So, yeah, yeah, it adds uh, adds some good mystery to it,
0: yeah. Yeah, Mm. that was really good. Um, Down that path, this isn't one that I played with you, but I'm not sure why, but for some reason recently I went on a bit of an Australian game stint. Okay. Well, we played Cogs. Yep. I got Elevenses. I played uh, a game called Town Squares. Let me just double-check that. Oh, yes, Town Squares. Oh, yeah, so, that was the small one that you showed yeah, me. Tiny. Yeah, tiny. It, yeah. So it comes in this really tiny box, which is a really novelty thing. It's like a a, a square, long-edge book of matches. Yeah. How long is that? What, three centimetres, four centimetres? Yeah, about
1: yeah, three, four. Oh, yeah. yeah, about right. Yep.
0: So it comes in that, and everyone has an identical deck um, of coloured cards. And all you do is you shuffle your cards, you draw a card and choose where to place it. Two to four players. I played a two-player... Well, played three two-player games with Kirsty actually. Um, And basically what happens is each of the... It's similar to Carcassonne in a way. Yeah. Right? So each of the cards... How do I explain this? So say you and I are playing. I'm blue. You're red. Yep. I draw a village card. And I place that, and that marks the center of the grid. Now, a village card by itself is worth nothing. If there are two of my village cards beside each other, it's worth worth three points. And if there are three village cards side by side, or in an L or whatever, just adjacent, yep. then I get six points for those. Right. Any okay. more than that, and I don't get anything. So there are six of those in the deck in total, so ideally you want two lots of three. There's a tower where... And I'm probably going to get this wrong. I haven't played it enough to remember. There's a tower and a sentinel, and I got them mixed up. So I think a sentinel, if it's on the same row or column as another sentinel, nada. Right. If it's not on the same row or column as the other, then you get points. Yep. A castle cannot be right beside another castle, but if it's on the same row or column as another castle of any colour, then it gets the number of points Proportionate to the number of castles that's on the same oh, shit. thing as um, when you play your castle card. For every card of your color that's on a diagonal corner of that card, yeah. you get two points per oh, thing. Wow. So as you play, you're you're picking up cards, and you yeah. go right. What do I want to do? I want to place this. I want to place this castle, but I don't want to put it in a way that, you know, Dan's just going to go and block off every corner, knowing damn well that, you know, and then you get the take that thing where you might play, right, I can play a tower and take out two of Kirsty's towers Yep. in one hit. Sure, I get no points as well, but I've killed two of her, you know. So it's quite interesting like that. But, mm. sorry, beer break. Um, <laughs> One of the problems I had with it was the same problem I had with Carcassonne. Yep. And something Ben Sherry, um, who wrote for uh, Another Dungeon, actually fixed in a rule variant, which I now play his house rules in Carcassonne. (laughs) Um, So in Carcassonne, same thing. You draw one tile, you place it, and it's the same sort of thing. In his variant of Carcassonne, you draw three tiles, and you choose which one to play, and then you draw your hand back up to three. And that, to me, makes it feel much more strategic. Town squares, I don't think you've got enough cards to do that, because Carcassonne has a load of... You play Carcassonne? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Carcassonne has a load, loads of tiles. Yeah. I don't think you can do that in t- town squares, but the problem I had with the game still remains the same. You're drawing, and then you've got one card, and you're putting it in one spot. Again, maybe that's different when you've got three or four people playing because the grid you play on is bigger, and there are more opportunities rather than Kirsty yeah. and I were just attacking each other.
1: So... Yeah, okay. I can see where that'd be a problem because <clears throat> you really are down to the luck of the draw and trying to make the best you can with that one card. Yeah. that's way less strategic. That's that's just um, thinking on your feet, really. Um, so yeah, I can I can absolutely understand that. That would probably probably annoy me a little. Um, so I guess what I'm keen to understand though is um, when you when you said that you're playing on a bigger grid. You know, if there's more players, it's a bigger grid. So obviously, the grid size changes. Yeah. Um, does the number of cards change? So are there?
0: No, every player's got the same size deck of cards. Yeah. So there's, I don't know how many there are. Say so there's, sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen green, sixteen blue, sixteen red, sixteen yellow. Yeah. Yeah. When you play, when you play a two-player game, the grid is, I think, I think it's five by five. Yep. In which case each player has 13 cards because you've got exactly <laughs> enough to complete the grid and then whoever played first gets to replace one of their